What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. On today's show, Jessica Dominguez, founder and lead clinician of La Clinica in Richmond. Our last bargaining chip is to withhold our labor, and we don't do that lightly, knowing what's happening in the communities. It's really our last-ditch effort to show them that we really are serious and we really need to change things. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Since August 15th, over 2,000 Kaiser Permanente mental health workers have been on strike. This isn't the first time they've hit the streets demanding more resources to better take care of their patients, but they remain understaffed and underfunded, which means that thousands of folks in need of mental health support just aren't getting it. We are joined this morning by Jessica Dominguez, founder and lead clinician of La Clinica in Richmond, which provides culturally sensitive mental health care to Spanish speakers from a unique approach that includes centering support for the providers who deliver the care in order to help with Attention, burnout, and compassion fatigue. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Kat. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Jessica. I want you to walk us through the patient experience. If they reach out, if they're a Kaiser member, and they call the number that they tell you to call for help. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, the patient experience is not really patient-centered to begin with, meaning that um, there's this assumption that they'll get a, someone will pick up the call and they'll be immediately connected to a mental health care provider, when in actuality, they're sort of taken through this rigorous process of having to share their experience multiple times with different providers to determine whether or not they are eligible for care meet medical necessity and um and if that's the case um they'll be booked with an appointment and that could be anywhere between you know two days to 10 days now with um according to the law it should be within 10 days but realistically we have people who are waiting months just to have initial an initial appointment with a therapist and once they get with us They've probably already shared their story maybe anywhere upwards from two to three times. And we all know that this is not um, either ethical or the appropriate way to deliver care. And can you talk, Jessica, uh, I, I, do, I want to just add to that, that you're lucky if you get a person the first several calls. There are many voicemails that also have to be left uh, for folks waiting for someone to return their call. I know this from personal experience. Uh, Talk about, though, how this experience is particularly bad for people of color. And you can start with Spanish-speaking population that you support, right? Um, where even admitting that there's mental health crisis happening sometimes for our people uh, is difficult. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we didn't expect with the pandemic was how it was going to really destigmatize mental health care. Not so much because people... Um, you know, still don't have the, those myths and ideas of what it means to reach out for help. But I think communities of color were in such crisis and hit so disproportionately through the pandemic that we had people reaching out for care who never thought they ever would. Um, so first off, um, a Spanish speaking patient may call in and they may not be greeted by someone who speaks Spanish, may have to hold the line for an interpreter, which can be very difficult if you're in the midst of a mental health crisis trying to express your need for support. Um, Then you move on to the fact that there's very few Spanish-speaking providers who are actually available to provide the care. And because of that, um, 
our Spanish-speaking population as well as our, our black community might actually have to wait longer for someone who is culturally responsive or linguistically responsive to provide the care they need. So there's multiple barriers just in getting connected, let alone once they actually do get connected. Kaiser did a very poor job in rolling out virtual health care and till this day has not provided any sort of support to help mitigate and bridge the tech gap. So we have folks who are left mm. without the care that they need, um, struggling to find a way to connect to their providers um, while they get these messages to log on, to go onto the site, and, and they have no idea what this is asking of them. So right away, we have this huge disparity in care again. Um, and none of this was really thought out. And our communities were sort of left behind as things continue to march forward. And that inequity gap grows larger and larger. Jessica, I think it's really important for listeners to understand that this isn't the first time you all have been on strike. This isn't the first time has been called out. This is a long ongoing issue, including lawsuits, correct, where they've been court mandated to address these conditions and concerns. Yes, and unfortunately, you know, I think in it, the way the Kaiser views these lawsuits is just sort of like it's part of the budget. <laughs> you know, I honestly truly believe that they, they plan to be sued. They plan to pay fines. And they're okay with that, uh, and they refuse to change their health care system. And, you know, it's unfortunate because we as union members have worked collaboratively with management to really recreate a model of care that was really centered around equity and culturally responsive care. We actually delivered this report back in March of 2021, um, and we were very proud. Both management and labor were very proud of what we had come up with, and it was basically buried by KP leadership. So, you know, this is not anything new. Um, we've been fighting for a very long time to make the care equitable, to really make it sustainable for our, our clinicians, especially our BIPOC clinicians, who are just burning out at a record level. Um, and it just seems like leadership just doesn't really care to change anything. And so when they get hit with these lawsuits or they get hit with these fines, it's sort of just par for the course for them. You know, it's a part of doing business. And it, and it seems like they would much rather pay those fines out of their, you know, $54 billion in reserves that they have um, rather than actually invest in making the care better. And they just continue to push regarding, you know, hiring and offering these giant signing on bonuses that can entice people to come and work for Kaiser. But they're not really addressing the internal issues of systemic racism that actually contributes to clinicians of color and all clinicians leaving the organization. So there's no point in recruiting if you don't actually address the issues that impact retention and why people are walking out in the first place, because the work is unsustainable and our leaders are not listening to us when we are asking them to please make anything, any minor change that could actually help make the work more sustainable, more ethical and better for both our patients, our communities, including the clinicians who are part of the communities we serve. So Kaiser has said that they've uh, offered uh, an economic proposal, um, and they're saying that it has annual wage increases, uh, lump sum cash payment, a retroactive cash payment. What what was not offered uh, in terms of your demands um, that that keeps the strike going today? 
Well, you know, I think, again, here we, we come back to Kaiser likes to make it all about the money and then spin it in the media that we're all about the money and we want more money. When, in fact, uh, what, right. we're, what we're asking and what we've been begging and pleading for is to make the work sustainable. You know, I think that they literally want us to work every minute of every hour, seeing a patient every minute of every hour. And that's impossible to do as a human. <laughs> what they're asking right. of us is exploitation and extraction. They want every minute of our time to be face-to-face patient care. And what we're saying is, number one, that's not sustainable or even humanly possible to do. We actually do need time to provide care ethically, and that includes time where we do indirect patient care, time where we return phone calls, uh, time where we return messages from our patients, time when we get a patient who we haven't seen in a few years who's reaching out to us in crisis. You know, we need to have those times to be able to attend to those patients so their crisis doesn't get worse. But if every single minute of our time is booked, there's no time for actually doing these other pieces that are patient care, very much a part of patient care, and let alone take care of ourselves, take a break to eat, take a break to use the bathroom, you know, take a break to consult. Um, It's just really disheartening that they don't see how all of this is connected to the sustainability and the retention of our employees, especially our BIPOC clinicians who are really struggling and disproportionately leaving the agency and leaving the corporation at a higher rate because it's just not sustainable. Well, not, it might not be that they don't they don't see it. It might be that they are will, willfully ignoring it, right, and choosing profit over people. Um, Jessica, like I said, I, I, you know, I, used to, I covered this uh, several times when I was hosting up front. This is not the first strike. It does seem to me, though, it's the longest strike. Am I correct in that? And how long are you all willing to be on the lines? Yeah, you're correct. This is day 24 of the strike, and it is the longest strike in U.S. history that's centering around improving mental health care services. And I think we're willing to be on the line as long as it takes, honestly. And you're absolutely right. Um, It's not that Kaiser is ignorant to these things. It's that they blatantly don't care to address these things. I've had meetings with leadership over the course of my eight years at KP, and it's been very disheartening to have these meetings where they praise you for your passion and they praise you for the work. And ironically enough, um, you know, those of us who really go above and beyond, and I believe we all do, get rewarded with more work, you know. And and again, mm-hmm. um, nothing changes, and that meeting turns into a committee, and that committee turns into a subcommittee, and I feel like Kaiser can just check off the, the, the box that says we're doing something about this without actually taking any action to change. And, you know, when you when a corporation has massive amounts of of profits, massive amounts of billions in reserve and chooses not to invest in mental health care, um, that to me is doing deliberate harm and damage, not only to the communities and the patients, Mm. but to the clinicians because they are choosing profit over supporting their staff, over supporting their patients, and over supporting the communities. And unfortunately, we all know that it's disproportionately impacting our black and brown communities and our black and brown providers, and they don't care. So that to me is just another form of lateral violence. It's harm, it's deliberate, and then they have the goal to go and spin it on the media that we want more money, we don't want to see our patients, 
and we're the ones that fall, you know, and that they're outraged that we're denying, you know, our, our patients yeah. our care. But when we have all the resources and all we have is our labor, when we've given them multiple opportunities over the course of many, many, many years, not just this last bargaining um, season, but when we've given them multiple opportunities and they still don't change anything, they're the ones with the power. All we have, all our last bargaining chip is to withhold our labor. And we don't do that lightly, knowing what's happening in the communities. Um, it's a really our last-ditch effort to show them that we, we really are serious and we really need to change things. We're not out there in the heat for fun. We're out there fighting for improved mental health care for our patients, for our communities, for people we see as our, as our family, and for ourselves. Because we came into this work to, to support our communities that we love and identify with, and we want to be able to do that. And KP continues to place barriers for us to serve our communities and for our communities to access us. All right, Jessica, we've got to leave it there. We will post links to uh, the NUHW website. And, and so if people want to figure out how they can support all of you, thank you so much to you and your colleagues for standing up uh, for, for your patients, for, for folks in crisis, and for the people who need it. We've been speaking to Jessica Dominguez, founder and lead clinician of La Clinica in Richmond, which provides culturally sensitive mental health care to Spanish speakers. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about our topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis. That's D-I-S. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.